full moon in the studio tonight. Bad Moon Rising. All about werewolves this week. Welcome. It's the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. Haha. Uh-huh. And we are from madwolf.com. <laughs> and we thought we'd do a little celebrating this week. That's right. Happy birthday to you, Lobo. Thank you. Thank you very much. So it kind of uh, fell in, in in a nice opportune moment because we've been thinking about doing this uh, werewolf podcast anyway. Yeah. And uh, this seemed like a good time to do That's it. That's right. Celebrate the wolf man because on his birthday. Back, yeah. Can you remember that? How long was that? Back in my... My early DJ days. That's right. I actually went by the Wolfman. That's right. It wasn't. Was, it wasn't my choice though. No, that was I know thrust that it, upon it me. It was thrust upon you. We have a great caricature though of you like dressed like a Wolfman. Yeah, I have to dig that up. Yep. Yeah, put that on there. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, we've got a, a fun reason, but we've got some some decent movies to That's talk about movies. this week. Some great movies. But you know what? What really hit me. In putting this together, was there's a lot of crappy Wolfman movies there's out there. A lot. There really are a lot, a lot, a lot. There really are yeah. uh, because you, you you start digging up and thinking about the ones that could possibly go on the list, and then you say, no, that's there's no way because it's not any good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there are some great ones. You're right. Yeah. I don't want to sell these top five short. But uh, before we get to that, thank you very much for that. We had a lot of fun last week with yeah. the uh, give, tabulating all your votes for the uh, top horror sequels. Yes, we did. And you know what else? Actually, we want to ask for your help again. In a couple of weeks, we're going to do the best slashers. Yeah. And we figured, you know, that would be a good one to, you know, have you guys help us out. Oh, yeah. Tell us, what, what are your favorite slashers? What's the, what are the best? So, yep. so the, I think the easiest way to do that is on Twitter. Yeah, easy. Uh, just give us your votes for the best slasher movie. Hashtag best slasher. Uh, we don't want to use too many, uh, yeah, too many characters. Yeah. Best slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there to choose from. And I, and I think a lot of heated opinions yeah. on this. Because well, there's you, also exactly where do you draw the line, um, you know, to define slasher. You know, there are people who think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a slasher. I, I disagree. Um, you know, there's just, you know. It, they don't have to be knives, though, do they? I mean, just slash. You don't have to have a knife because I would, I might, I might disagree. I might call uh, Leatherface a slasher. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really thought too much about it. Yeah. But. So you to set the rules, though. It doesn't have to be a knife. You can have various implements, you right? You can't have a gun. You can't have a gun. Okay, no, I'll, I'll give you, you know, that. But there are no gun in horror movies. Yeah, there's no guns. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But there's a lot Too to, quick. You can have, you know, knives in your fingers, of course. Yeah. Uh, that works. And uh, and Michael Myers, certainly. Well, he did have a knife, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, he did have a yeah. knife. So anyway, we don't get off the track here. That's, that's uh, in coming weeks, but we need your votes, as always. That's uh, right. Because you come up with some great stuff. And if you... If you want to fight us on this about, you know, uh, what constitutes a slasher, that's good, too. Sure. Because, uh, yeah, as, as Hope said, tr- Twitter is a great way to do it. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F on Twitter. Love to keep that conversation going. So hashtag best slasher. That'll work. And you have that penciled in for when? Two weeks. Next week, we're going to do twins. Oh, that's right. And then the first week of October, our friend Corey Metcalf from Australia. It was actually his idea. He's it a big, was, yeah. Because then we are going to we're going to co-host his his podcast, Triple Cast. We're going to talk about silly slasher sequels all month on Corey's podcast. Well, yeah, and you're being generous saying we because I think it's going to be mostly you because between you two, you're digging up a bunch of these movies that I haven't seen, <laughs> and frankly, a lot of them I really don't want to. <laughs> So I'll, I will stand by with my uh, sarcastic comments. Okay. How about that? Yeah, you're always on hand for that. But, you know, you can check it out. Uh, his Triple Cast podcast is on Golden Spiral Media, just like, uh, just like Fright Club. Next week is Twins, and uh, <laughs> with your real-life twin sister. And she's been having to do some, um, some homework on these, right? A little right? bit. Joy yeah. is not... She, I mean, Joy likes horror films, you know, and she and I watch them together, and we always have. But she's not as passionate about it as I am. Right. And she's a little nervous because she also, you know, we're both film critics. She does. She's not a film critic, so she feels like she's gonna, 
I don't no. know which. She's going to be Come great. On. I think no. the biggest thing is it's going to be hard to tell which of us is which when we talk. We don't look much alike, but we sound alike. Yeah, that's interesting. And and really, twins are just creepy. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, single birth. That's what we think about you. They just kind of, I mean, you know, when you think about, I'm not talking about you guys, but, but no, twins. all twins except us. <laughs> well, you know, I used to be a ginger, and you like to say gingers have no souls. Well, that's so. been proven. Yeah. Plus, your sisters are twins. They're not going to be happy about it either. Well, that's true. That's true. But twins can be creepy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Twins can be creepy, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about those creepy twins. That's right. With a couple of creepy twins. No, <laughs> no it should be fun. So that's next week, and then Best Slasher after that. But this week, yeah, it's Best Werewolf Movies, and you know what? We're going to start with one, and this one, we really had to talk about this because there were some other some other candidates for this for number five, coveted number five we were, slot. We, we almost went to the, to the fuzzy math. We decided, no, we're going to be strong this time. We're going right. to just have five, and so... You're going to know by the time we get to number two what didn't make this list, and (laughs) you're going to be pissed. But nonetheless, we're going to start off with number five. Yeah, let's go back to 1984 for The Company of Wolves. When I killed it, it was a wolf. And then before my very eyes. (gasps) Neither child nor adult, wolf nor human. This is the twilight world, which lies between the pages of any fairy tale. My, what big arms do you have? To deny it is to kill the child that lives within us all. To enter it is to kill the dreams of childhood. Jesus, what big teeth you have! The company of wolves. They are all the company we keep, even in our dreams. I think one of the reasons that this got the nod is it it's forgotten a lot. I it think. is. It's overlooked. It's Neil Jordan. Yeah. What happened to him, by the way? Actually, you know, he, st- he still makes, uh, he, he made a, a fairly decent vampire-esque movie two or three years ago called Byzantium. I mean, mm. he still does. He still makes little indie Irish movies here and there. Okay, because it used to see, it, it seemed like he was everywhere there for he a was, few years. He was. And then he disappeared. But uh, this one, it has that kind of, his movies have a certain atmospheric yeah. quality to them. I don't want to say surreal, but a little bit dreamlike yeah. in a way. Uh, this one this one more than, than any of the others, I think, because it really is. It's a, it's a dream. That's how it's set up. Angel Lansbury is, her daughter, her granddaughter is falling asleep. You can see the woods out the window, and, uh, and she has this dream. And it's, you know, it's, it's a fairy tale. You know, it's, it's more or less... Little Red Riding Hood, only not exactly. Yeah, you know, and they they work a lot of other, but it's it's all it's just a coming of age and and sexual awakening and and you know the the uh, excitement and and fear that surrounds that, which which you know I would say probably eighty five percent of horror movies are based on basically that, right? Um, and this is just very it's poetic and creepy and dark and just really heavily symbolic from beginning to end. Poetic is a good is a good word, and as you heard in the trailer there, with what big eyes you have, what big teeth you have, it does rely heavily on that that uh, fairy tale. And then you've got Grandma, yeah, uh, Angela Lansbury, but but it is symbolic. Um, you look at it now in with hindsight, the uh, as some of this, some of more of these movies on this list do doesn't really hold up as far as effects wise, no. uh, and the wolves. I mean, a lot of real wolves are used, yeah, packs of wolves. But uh, it's more, yeah, it's more symbolic and poetic it and is, dreamlike. And it's, it's and, I mean, the, the reason for me that this finally made the list, to be honest, was there's a scene where this limo drives into the forest and then 
the devil gets out. Actually, and he could have made our, our list of the devils at least been mentioned. Oh, Terrence yeah. Stamp. Yeah. He's, and it's just one scene and it's not like a, but you know, it's, it's, and it's, and it's, again, it's very in keeping with this sort of, you know, fear of the sexual awakening and, and like the evil of it or the, you know, do I, you know, and they, and they make some interesting choices throughout the movie, especially at the end in terms of, you know, is she a good girl or what is, what choice does she make? I mean, it's, it's, right. it's really, very fascinating the whole way that it's told but Terrence Stamp just nails it for me I just love him and I love that you know that moment yeah, in the we, film we totally forgot that when we were doing Best Devils no. uh, yeah he might not have made the list but he at least could have gotten a mention got a mention yeah but uh, and of course it uh, features as all Neil Jordan films do Stephen <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Ray right. that's right <laughs> which is there's nothing wrong with that no, you know he's no. fine but uh, he always turns it seems to turn up in um, in uh, Neil Jordan movies but uh, yeah that's one I just we we wanted to hit that because it's just a lot of people don't know of it, I think. And yeah, it, gets, or it just gets it gets forgotten, and it's you know, and it's also not a typical uh, Wolfman movie, so that makes it uh, a little bit more interesting. And there's another one that I wanted to mention, sort of in the same breath. There, in the last several years, there have been a lot of Wolfman or werewolf esque films that came out. This one is the least sort of typically Wolfmanny of the ones <laughs> that we'll mention today. Wolfmanny, but the least lycanthropic of them. But um, I really, really enjoy this movie, and it, 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 it there's a similar sexual awakening good versus evil it's an internal conflict it's it's it, it, except that it's i think um uh homosexuality in, in tone but it also very much in a in a in a more subtle way but i think it very much very much plays on fairy tales particularly german fairy tales which is where most of the fairy tales we know came from anyway and it's called der samurai or the samurai mm-hmm. pit bukowski uh plays the samurai and is magnificent and it's it's really um there's there's a wolf in the forest and is it killing people and then this guy shows up in a white dress with a sword and it gets nutty from there but it's <laughs> such a good movie uh just came out this year so look it up if you get a chance der samurai so that's number five and moving on to number four the classic the uh the seminal wolfman film from 1941 and it's the wolfman <laughs> Jenny Williams was killed? Yes. Find something? Animal tracks. Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. Oh, don't hand me that. You're just wasting your time. The wolf bit you, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you just feel that, that, that gothic... Uh, setting in that in that uh, trailer right there, that gothic music, and uh, sets the whole the whole foreboding tone of the woman saying, "If you get bitten, then you're a werewolf." You know, uh, and if you look at everybody who's in this movie: Lon Chaney, Claude Rains, and Bella Lugosi. Yeah, all together. Yeah, Woo! so Lon Chaney Jr. and he, yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. Um, and sorry. he really kind of stands out in this is like the big doughy American. I mean, he's like so much bigger than everybody else in this movie, yeah. and you're like. Why are his relatives all British? I don't understand. <laughs> but, you know, he's it, just... The fact that he is, he's like, he's so American. He's so lost out there. He's incredibly sympathetic. I think that's... Where everybody else is sort of prim, you know, uh, and and a little chilly. He's just like this big lug. You just want to hug. You're yeah. like, oh, you are in over your head, dude. Right, because when he realizes, he says at one point, I killed... Such and so, and I killed mm-hmm. uh, such and so, and you know you don't want to have anything to do with me because who knows who I'm going to kill next. You know, uh, you're right. He is a, he's sympathetic, and of course, it's groundbreaking in the makeup. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, it really is. And, and 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 you know, like you were saying about 
uh, Company of Wolves, it, it doesn't stand up to today, but you can see, you, I mean, it, it stands up well enough that you can, you can imagine that in 1941, people were just amazed. Oh, yeah. Just amazed. And then plus Bella Lugosi, who plays a gypsy named Bella. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's just got a real small role in it, but I just love it. He's such a weirdo in this movie. And you know who else in this movie? Ralph Bellamy. Yes. Who's one, if, if, if you don't know, he's one of the brothers from Trading Places. Right. That tries to uh, swindle, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy and, uh, and Danny Rekwa. But that's just, you remember how long of a career he had. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, well, he was 100 years old when they made Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way back then. But yeah, Bella Lugosi, uh, Claude Rains, Lon Chaney Jr., all in the same. And, and you talk about it not, not holding up, but I'll tell you what it does, does hold up to. Is the one with um, Benicio Benicio Del Toro. We were so excited about that because we love, and you should love Benicio Del Toro. He's great. He's great. That movie sucked. Oh my God. And Anthony Hopkins just chewing scenery so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. Hugo Weaving was great. And and, uh, Emily Blunt, Blunt, who's always great. It does not matter how bad the film is. Emily Blunt is amazing in everything. And she's great in this movie. And the movie around her just stinks out loud. I don't know why. Why I think maybe our expectations made us hate it even more because yeah. it was such a disappointment. We hated it so but we bad. were. We were so excited for it. It seemed to have such possibilities, you know. But Isiel Toro, Del Toro is well. He's so hairy anyway. <laughs> it was like, you know, oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know, no. But uh, everything looked great. The potential was yeah. there. Yeah. And then it just descended. And that final fight between the two of them really, <sighs> it was it was bad. It was bad. But so so in that vein, anyway, uh, the original Wolfman stands way head and shoulders above. It absolutely does. Uh, I do want to, you know what? I want to throw something out, and this is a little bit, a little nod to our friend Bridget from the Columbus website because she has developed, weirdly enough, a crush on Oliver Reed. <laughs> How weird is that? That's um, that's yeah, it's a little left field. It is. It but, really is. But he made he made a werewolf movie that is actually one of my favorites. It's not very good. But it's Curse of the Werewolf from 1961. It's a, a hammer, hammer film. It's a hammer yeah. film, yeah. yeah. Terrence Fisher, of course, directed because he directed so many of their better films. And um, the, it, the reason that it's creepy, the reason that it's super creepy is that in the opening sequence, this maid, like this hand servant, this poor dear hand servant, and she's just being abused by, you know, the master of the castle, and she's just, you know, running away from being molested left and right, and then she takes pity on this just disgusting old prisoner who's like covered in hair and he's not a wolf man he's just sort of a gross guy who's been in prison for a long time and then he gets the opportunity to rape her takes it and then she has a baby and it's oliver reed and eventually they realize the baby's a werewolf like what (laughs) what the hell (laughs) she dies in childbirth i mean this poor lady oh my god but then it goes on to be the same sort of tortured romance that and oliver reed is Super weird as he always is, and I mean it's it's worth watching. It's it's campy and sixty one and Hammer, but it's worth watching. So we had to mention that, and also once I, once we found out about this weird uh, Oliver Reed crush, I had to hip uh, Bridget to the uh, classic David Letterman interview <laughs> with a that. drunken belligerent Oliver Reed <laughs> back in I think it was eighty seven something like that. It's hilarious, and she she hadn't seen it before and dug it up on YouTube. But if you get a chance. It's it's just it's just great. It's it's its own little horror show. Uh, right from the outset, as soon as Oliver Reed comes out and they go to shake hands, and he just pulls, he just grabs Letterman's arm and pulls it toward him, and then it, ooh, it just goes on from there. But yeah, so uh, I haven't seen that particular Curse of the Werewolf, no, but it it's sounds it, it's, it's campy. And it dumb, sounds crazy. Yeah. So that's uh, but that gets us off the track from uh, from number four is the classic, uh, the Wolfman from nineteen forty one. 
And uh, number three, we just talked about this one a few times because it has has so many good elements to it that it it winds up on on various lists for different reasons. And that's just back in 2000, Ginger Snaps. All it takes is one night and one bite. Let's get out of here. changing. How do you feel? <sighs> Wicked. They're just being normal teenage girls. Well, we were just talking about gingers. And now, <laughs> <laughs> now they, they have no souls. That's right. Uh, well, in, in this case, yeah, this is the one with um, kind of... Well, it made the list. It made our feminist feminist list. It did uh, for good because this one takes a different, a little bit of a different twist on that. Uh, as you rightly pointed out, that sexual awakening, that changing mm-hmm. uh, type of theme that runs through many of these movies. Yeah, and uh, and also, you know, when you think about the werewolf, you think about a wolf man. Like it's really tied to masculinity. Um, and, and Ginger Snaps rethinks that and does it just brilliantly. It's, it's such a funny movie and it's, it's like every line, every line is like perfectly written and they do a great job in this movie of sidestepping the problem that most werewolf movies have. And that is the costume, the, the prosthetics, you know, the, the look of the beast. And they do a nice job of sidestepping that. And it's Mimi Rogers is hilarious in this movie. She plays the, it's, if you don't know it, it's about, uh, two sisters, outcasts in uh in ontario or some canadian high school and um and they're very goth and they're very sort of death obsessed and they take pictures of themselves pretending to commit suicide and it's their art and anyway no one likes them and they return the favor and and then on the day that ginger the older sister has her first period um she is also bitten by a werewolf as we mentioned the last time the curse (laughs) um and and um and it's just you know it reminds me it reminds me a lot of the movie jennifer's body except it's just it's just savvier it's just it's funnier i mean it looks at the sexual politics of high school and just sexual awakening and it just turns the whole wolf man concept on its ear and and it, i love it yeah yeah and that's that alone really gets it uh puts it above above the pack and, and would probably put it on this list but not only that it that it tries that but that it's so successful in doing it yeah and um and then it, it spawned two uh two sequels which i'll be honest i haven't seen but i think they seem to be pretty well thought of. From uh, 2004, you had uh, Ginger Snaps Unleashed, and all, was also 2004 yeah, the beginning? Yeah, they both same? came out the same year. Wow. I know, it's very weird. Um, all three are by, by different directors, and I think that's where you find... So, you know, the second and third are a little weaker, but they're very weird. The first, Unleashed, is just an, an actual sequel. It's like the the immediate aftermath of the events. And uh, Bridget, the surviving sister, who has been bitten, she's checked herself into like a rehab facility to try to lock herself away from... One of the boys that got bitten, who's chasing her, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, and it's tense and creepy, and it's got medical horror as well. So it's got something going for it. And then the other one is super weird. The beginning, and like they flash back to like frontier times, you know, oh. and they're at like some Canadian trading outpost out in the wow. yeah, it's weird, and werewolves attack. It's weird, and they're not genius, but they're but they're fun. They yeah. really are. They're pretty well done, both of them. Yeah, but it's def- definitely a, a notch below. Yeah, the below original. The original, yeah. the original is just so clever and so funny. Yeah, and. Another one that I that I think of, um, not as good, but but I think of in in this same vein is Cursed. 
Yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah, Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. Wow. And Judy Greer, we love her. Judy Greer, uh, who wrote a book w- w- called uh, "I Don't Know Where You Know Me From." I know. I love She's one of those character actresses where just you know her face. Yeah, she's in everything. I I love her in everything. Yeah, I saw that uh, book in a bookstore. I thought that is a fantastic title. It is because she probably gets that all the time. I I don't. Where do I know you from? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Wes Craven, right? uh, Cursed, and it's it's kind of fun. It doesn't hold up. uh, So not enough to make this list. But when, when I think of. Uh, ginger snaps and that type of 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 take on on the werewolf uh, lore, I kind of think of think of that one falls in this neighborhood. Yeah, and the Wes Craven movies have all, of course, come to the surface in the last few weeks since we lost yeah, them. Yeah, sure. Just, you sort of revisit the old ones, and you know, you got to have some nostalgia about it. And oh, it's, yeah. it's a good looking movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks very cool. And yeah, what a cast! Yeah, that it's is got crazy. some fun. Got some fun. Definitely some fun moments. But the you know the one that really made me think of Ginger Snaps, and we watched it very recently. It's out just this year. It's from Denmark, and it's called When Animals Dream. Yeah, yeah. And that one, I think you ended up liking it better than I did. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it. When I saw the trailer a few weeks back, I was really uh, ooh, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it delivered on my expectations, but it certainly had something to say. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, it's definitely a feminist uh, yeah. theme. Uh, to the to the movie, and it's you know it's it's a girl who's coming of age and finding out something that she got passed down from her mother. Um, uh, you know it's very it's very clever. It's understated. It's dark. I mean, it's visually it is a dark yes, film to yes, watch. It is. So it's often hard and, to figure out what's bleak going on and dreary. Yes. Um. But I yeah I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well put together. It wasn't particularly scary. No. Um. But I think it has it it has something to say about more so and how they treat her mother. And how they control. Keep I control. think it's about control. Yeah, it's about control it's in about a patriarchal con- yeah, society. Exactly. Uh, and it's well done in that regard. Right. But I guess maybe I was expecting a little bit more scary, maybe. Yeah. And, and so, uh, so I enjoyed it. I just didn't think, I didn't uh, end up liking it as well as I thought it would. But by all means, check it out. It's on, it's on demand, I it think, is, right it's now. It's on demand everywhere. right now. And, yeah. uh, and uh, Mads Mickelson's older brother Lars. Yeah. Stars as the dad. Co stars as the dad. I, this, you just got to love the Mickelson kids. Yeah. And they do, the kids. <laughs> And he definitely has that. He really does. He's look. got that same. If you look. didn't know it was him, you'd think, "Hey, I know that uh, guy." Yeah, kind of, kind of moves like him too, mm-hmm. and his face mm-hmm. uh, is very angular, very, mm-hmm. very similar. Yeah. So that was uh, that's off of number three, Ginger Snaps from two thousand. Number two. Now I'm sure that you're going to know. I mean, by this point, you got to know the top two are, which means you're already pissed off that we left one of these off the list. But <laughs> number two, you got to. Clearly, everybody loves this one from two thousand two, Neil Marshall's masterpiece, Dog Soldiers. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Thrilling. Mind attack! Exciting. Scary. Don't scare that easy. And funny. I'm sold. A horror film with fire. You are. Sarge! I'm in the closet! Bitch of a werewolf movie. Wait, Dad! Dog Soldiers. It'll blow your house down. It'll blow your house down. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love that. Because it, it does have a, as it also said in the trailer, comedic. It's funny. It is funny. It has funny. some funny bits it to it. It is funny. I mean, if you can get through those thick accents. Um, oh, yeah. They're thick. They're <laughs> thick. But you know what? Even if you can't, you're going to like watching it. I mean, it is. It's funny. It's gory. It's scary. It's a scary movie. Yeah. And it does a lot with a little. And it also has, to me, it has a little bit of a um, vibe of the thing. 
I can see you know, that. You're it's stuck. very isolated. You're, you don't isolate. know who's who. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it, it builds off that. But it's the great. Liam Cunningham character. Yeah. It really is the one where I can see where, yeah, the, the, yeah. But the whole movie, to me, it's, it's a war movie. It's oh, yeah, just yeah. that. I mean, that's exactly what, you what it is. Yeah. It, right. Who's it's your a, enemy? Yeah. It, exactly. The enemy looks, you know, uh, meaner. But, it, you know, they're all holed up in one house. It's. I mean, it's very similar to almost any war movie you've ever seen, except that the, uh, you know, the enemy are, are going to eat you. Yeah. And, and it, as I said, it does a lot with a little because you can tell the budget for... The budget for monsters, the budget for effects, not large. No, no. But they get inventive. They do. About how they get around that, uh, and I have to give it to them. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, it also helps that it does have those comedic elements, but, you know, they it, they could have done a lot worse. Yeah, they could have. And, you know, I mean, Neil Marshall then went on his next film was the just the utterly outstanding The Descent. It's such a, such a great yes. movie. So you know that, I mean, you know, this was before he had a budget to work with. This was before he had, you know, much of anything and, and no real renown. And it's kind of amazing what he managed with this movie because it's just outstanding. Yeah, and, and you can see elements of not only, um, you know, it reminded me of The Thing a little bit, but in the comedic aspects, you can see a little bit of uh, Tucker and Dale sure. in there. Mm-hmm. You know, as they're just fighting, even even maybe of the original Evil Dead's, maybe they're in the cabin, they're just yeah. fighting off the intruders, yeah, all that, yeah. and it's it yeah, it's it's really well done, uh, and and it shows you how, as you said, a talented director, even yeah. in the beginning, even when they're just get starting out, you can you can still show that you know how to tell a story in a in a savvy way, in a stylish way, right, uh, and then. Like like you said, once he got some something to work with in descent, and then we know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really taking advantage taking advantage of uh, of the promise. But this one, yeah, it's it, it's one that really gets a lot of love. It does, and rightly so. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's you know, you're just glued to it. Yeah, and then another one I think that you wanted to mention is uh, Outcast, right? Which is just another UK one. This one, uh, and I'm never even sure because the thing about Dog Soldiers is that I'm never sure our friend Craig. Uh, Craig Hunter from ScreenRelish.com. He always refers to it as a British film because I, I think he and Neil Marshall know each other. They're like from the same yeah, town. Yeah, they have some sort of neighborhood bond or but something. But it's usually listed as Scottish. And so I'm always, I always thought it was a Scottish film. And uh, well, anyway. We don't want to start an international no, no, incident. No, we don't. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to admit <laughs> Outcast. I, I can never tell if Outcast is a Scottish film or, or an Irish film, honestly. And it's um, Irish Traveler. Uh, is the outcast and he's like a nerd and it's like in a rundown apartment and he's in love with this girl and I just love their names Petronella and Fargal <laughs> and they're in love but you know everybody wants Petronella not to love Fargal and you think it's because he's kind of a nerd you know what I mean but it's not because he's kind of a nerd so you feel for him the whole time and of course it's this Romeo and Juliet thing and you're really pulling for them to get together but it would be really bad for them to get together but you don't know it anyway it's <laughs> it's just a fascinating weird little movie and and it also manages to skirt the problems with prosthetics for a long time the problems with the the look of the beast for a long time and it's just it's very it's a quirky unique it's not a comedy it's a it's a horror movie mm-hmm. um um and it's it's just left of center and very enjoyable and i don't think anybody ever saw it yeah i didn't but uh but you you've piqued my interest that's outcast from 2010 but number 2 on the list uh dog soldiers from 2002 now should we hit up before we hit number 1 that everybody probably knows what's going to be right talk about the ones that obviously didn't make it and and the ones the one that really is jumping out right now is the howling yeah which almost made number 5 almost almost, almost made number did. 5 it be- did because it's got some it's got some elements there, and then it's got some serious cheese to it as it well. It really is. And Joe Dante, of course, he's he's just a master. But uh, but the thing about Joe Dante films for me is that the comic element doesn't age very well. 
uh, and of course, then the effects in 1981 also don't age very well. Although I do, I do like the one sequence where the guy he pulls the thing out of his forehead, yeah, and yeah. when he turns, I think that one was all right. Yeah. Now uh, you know, at the end, when she turns into a little white poodle. Yeah. What the hell? On TV. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I understand the the point there. Uh, yeah. He, is he, well I mean, he taken. always uh, Joe Dante always makes little, takes little political jabs. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. You know, yeah, that's great actually. And but but I just I don't know. I just I, I've watched it you know repeatedly, and I have to admit that it's just not one that. Yeah, it just doesn't keep its interest for me, and and the the flaws anymore. I mean, there are a lot of really weird, creepy, subversive elements in this movie, and they are they don't have very much to do with actual the Wolfman storyline. Yeah, and but understand, you know, it, I know it gets a lot of love, and it probably yep. would have been it would have been number six. Yeah, it let's put been. it that way. It would have been number uh, six. So so understand if you want to throw barbs at us for that. Understood. But a couple of others that people are going to ask where they are. So I'm just going to tell you right now, they're not on the list, and here's why. Silver Bullet. Silver oh, Bullet blows. Oh, woo. I know. People love Stephen King. We love Stephen King. Stephen King is great. Silver Bullet is one of those like nostalgic 80s with like an adult telling the story of the childhood. You know, and you got a Corey. One of the Corys is in a wheelchair. You got crazy Gary Busey. I mean, you got things that should, it should work. It yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. It, it just really, doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, Wolfen sucks. Yeah, Wolfen is, uh, is bad. They, they try that night vision thing. Oh, my God. It's, it's, Tom Noonan, though. Tom Noonan. Okay, I like Tom I do Tom love Noonan. Tom Noonan. It's so boring. It's, it's incredibly so boring. boring. Bad Moon is another one. That gets more love than it ought to. It's Michael Pere, and he goes to stay with his sister, and he chains himself up to a tree, and she doesn't even notice, but he breaks free because he's, of course, a werewolf. It's such a bad movie. And Michael Pere, that screams 80s right there. Yeah, Bad Moon is terrible. Now, Teen Wolf... Teen Wolf is not terrible. Teen Wolf is not terrible. It's just not a horror movie. Right. So we just wanted to point it out. Teen Wolf is not terrible. It's fun. And the one, uh, what am I thinking? Oh, the Jack Nicholson Wolf. Yeah, no. 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 Uh, It's got a couple of sequences, um, you know, a couple of funny funny type when he's when he suddenly gets the confidence and he's you know he's peeing on james spader's shoe and yeah. things like that but all in all no, no it's a bad one no it's and then a, there's one other one that didn't make the list and uh, a, a regular listener um brandon thomas i know that you're going to be disappointed late phases and here's why it just really is undone once you see the costumes and and there are some great things it's very interesting and it's really about kind of in the way bubba hotep which is a masterpiece is about how we view the elderly as disposable. So that's an interesting concept and it's unlike other, other, other werewolf movies, but, and Tom Noonan again, whom I love. Wow. I know. Um, but, um, I just couldn't get past like the last third of the movie. Once you can see the werewolves, I just thought, no, it's bad. Yeah. So, so as we said, that we rounding up movies for this list reminded us there's a bunch of bad ones, but, uh, you know what's at number one and it is from 1981 American Werewolf in London. My friend Jack was just here. Your dead friend, Jack. He told me that I will become a monster in two days. The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true. Please believe me. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? Are you all right now? I don't know. I'll let you know the next full moon. And everybody dies in it. Very bloody. You think about that movie, right away you think about the transformation scenes and the makeup and how groundbreaking that was, especially for 1981. And, you know, it won an Oscar yeah, for Yeah, Baker won an Oscar for that transformation scene. Awesome. It is awesome. And you know what? It, it, there are maybe a couple of moments of that transformation that don't 
stand up that they, they remind you of Michael Jackson's thriller. They sure do. Yeah. Uh, Brick Baker and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, John Landis again. Yeah. But um, on the whole, it's just still fascinating. It's still a, a you just love the time. And, and again, just like when we started with Bad Moon Rising, the song. The whole soundtrack for this movie is so spot on and perfect when they sing Moon Dance. I mean, it's just yeah. spot on. It's uh, it's the most fun, it's uh, fun, certainly, of all the werewolf movies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, it's funny, it's also scary, um, and it's got some decent-looking werewolves. It does. Uh, especially when, toward the end there, in, in, the, the, tube. in the tube, when oh he... God. You know, when he gets that, the guy has fallen down on the escalator, and then you it's an above shot, and you see the hole looks like a freaking bear. It does. Um, that's the, be- that's the best, I think, as far as looking at the werewolf yeah. uh, with its whole self. Yeah, I um, agree with you. Yeah. It's so, it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those weird combinations, because uh, horror comedies, there are tons of them, and some of them are very much fun, but very few of them are actually funny and also actually scary, yeah. and this one is. Yeah. When they're out on the moors, the and moors. you just, that sound, that, that sound of this werewolf, oh my God, and you're like, run! Yeah. Oh, I love it. And yeah. then there are just so many great moments in it. Oh, yeah. You've got a naked American man just stole my balloon. And then you've got... Enough. Uh, Enough. <laughs> we, say that, we say that to each other all the time. Usually she says it more to me. <laughs> but uh, that, the part where the... Uh, the, the slaughtered lamb. Yeah, the slaughtered lamb where the doctor is trying to you know get some answers. Yep. And the one man decides to spill, spill the beans. And then the head, the head dude uh, that tells that... That joke in the beginning. Oh, that's right. About kicking the Mexican off the plane. Oh, that's right. Uh, Chucked uh, out the Mexican. Yeah. Uh, he just is standing back there screaming, Enough! Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's that's another another classic moment. But uh, yeah, it all holds up. The comedy parts, the outlandish parts, you know, where all the, the, the uh, dead people, or the, the mauled people are waiting for, for him to take his own life. Yeah. And they're trying to cheerily, you know, the, cheerily, yes, just do it. You know, they're sitting there in the theater. Um, all that stuff. All that stuff. Until And, even, and Griffin Dunn is, is Griffin very Dunn, yeah. darkly funny the entire film, the whole film long. Yeah. It, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just, a, it's an incredibly well done movie. The, the sequel sucked. The American World from Paris sucked. But you know what's weird? What's really weird? The Howling and Wolfen and An American Werewolf in London all came out in 1981. That is what amazing. What was going on in 1981 that yeah. people just had werewolves <laughs> on the brain? Yeah. And, uh, and of course, it's David Naughton, who oh, just that's right. two years earlier was a disco king. Yeah, you got to remember David Naughton's disco hit, Making It. Yeah, all in 1981. That's amazing. Well, this was by far the best of the bunch. Oh, my God. And, yeah. and, and still gets, uh, I think you just think of it and just kind of smile. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Because yeah. this was a pretty much of a no-brainer as to what was number one on the list. The, the trick was just filling out the rest of them. So, yeah, number one, American Werewolf in London. So, you know, there's some, like we said, you might be mad that the howling's not on there or late phases. So so let us know. We love to keep it rolling. Uh, Twitter, it's at uh, Mad Wolf, uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. Of course, the Golden Spiral Media site as well. You can always uh, leave comments on there. If you haven't had a chance, you want to pop over to Screen Relish. I covered a million of the movies that they had at Fright Fest this yeah. year. And you probably haven't seen most of them, but if they were at Fright Fest, it means that they're going to be make, making their way to uh, America soon. So just just to give you a heads up of what you might be seeing this year. Yeah, so check those out at ScreenRelish.com. So we need your uh, your votes now for Best Slasher, hashtag Best Slasher on Twitter, because we're putting together that uh, Best Slashers podcast. There should be a lot to choose from there. But next week, it is a Twins. 
with Hope's twin Joy going to join the fun, join Woo-hoo! the party. That should be fun. Uh, we look forward to uh, our next uh, Fright Club live event, which is October, and that is going to be Housebound. Nice. A lot of fun to see with a crowd. So definitely, if you're in uh, the central Ohio area, please come join us. Gateway Film Center. Uh, Second Wednesday of every month. And that will be October 14th. And we plan to tape the ne- that week's Fright Club podcast live with the audience. That's right. So come out and that throw would... some, you know, throw some belligerent comments at us. <laughs> That's right. Some hoops and hollers and uh, belligerent right. comments. So that should be fun, too. <laughs> so all that coming up. We look forward to your best slashers on Twitter. And until next week. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Hey!